Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today I am joined Saturday at 1030 in the morning by my forever co-host and brother-in-law. How are you doing over there, man? I'm doing great. I was up late. Pretty much all week playing the Monster Hunter and Iceborne. Yeah, no, it's I I love getting back into this game. Like it's been so long, and I started out. I don't know if I talked about it last week. I think I just got it. Um, maybe no, it, it was that <clears> night because <throat> you said that you were playing Borderlands Three. You were in the thick of that, and then you texted me late that night and we're like, "Hey, dude, I got the game to end all games." It will ruin my Borderlands 3 progress. Oh, I stopped. Like, Borderlands, like, cold turkey. And I was thinking, like, oh, shit, like, you're, you got to do an MMO, Elder Scrolls Online, maybe you downloaded Lord of the Rings Online, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, something to that degree. Yeah. And then the following day, you're like, dude, just wait. We'll talk about it on the podcast. And then you said, just look on... Because you were like, dude, come on, don't just, like, blue ball me. Like, I have to wait another week to hear about it. And then I was like, dude, if you really want to check, check my PS4. When you said that, that uh, you'd be playing with friends, I'm like, oh, it's got to be Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yeah. It actually surprised me that you waited this long to get that, because that came out... Well, it came out like two days before Borderlands, Okay. I didn't want to pay like a hundred bucks in total, and then I heard that they got a master rank, mm-hmm. which is G rank for anyone who's played old Monster Hunters, which is uh, like the highest tier. They just rebranded uh, G rank for as master rank, mm-hmm. so that, because in the West and the east have the same coding because people who pick it up are like what the hell's g rank like why is it g and i watched i ended up watching interviews from like years ago where he's like gee there's just a lot of g words like good great god like just and i was like okay that's interesting he's like it's better than like d like you want to play d rank yeah i I guess yeah, I'm like I don't know. Master I mean, rank sounds cool. A is kind of like the first letter of the alphabet. Do you want to play A rank? So that makes maybe well, there's the most like sense. there's low, there's high, and then there's master. Okay. Um, but yeah, it might take over my favorite game from Bloodborne. Ever? Yeah. Was where was Monster Hunter on that list? Was it two when we did the bracket challenge? I think it was three. Okay. Because it was God of War was two. What ended up becoming one for you? Bloodborne. It was Bloodborne. Okay. With the how crazy the armor is, and like the the making the armor, seeing your things change, and being able to customize like what little gems go in your things to make yourself better. Yeah. It's like the perfect. I mean, we love changing your armor and seeing that change in your character. Absolutely. And this is like that. Plus, you got some Japanese cats. I'll do the you, the palicos like, are amazing. And, like, on this one, you have to beat the base game to play the DLC. That's interesting to me. I don't know how I like that. Well, I mean... Are you sure about that? Yes. So, you have to be you have to be master rank, or high rank 16, which is getting through low rank and high rank. Because it's master. Hour-wise... Like, okay, you're saying master. This means nothing to the listeners. Okay. Let's, make, let's simplify this. How many hours in the original Monster Hunter world does it take to play in order to you, for, you, for you to play Blood... Uh, not Bloodborne. Iceborne. Let me check how long to beat. Because I started Master or uh, Iceborne at 202 hours. Yeah, that's screwed. But I was like also that's... Master Rank or a high Hunter Rank like 102. And you beat the game at like 16. 
Oh, so okay. How so, long to be? Ooh, I was just killing probably thirty-five like, hours. Tempered elder dragons to get their decorations, and like decorations are basically gems that go in your armor with like specific things. So you have like a vitality gem. Fifty hours. Do you need to beat Monster Hunter World? <clears throat> To play Iceborne. Yeah, I'm confirming this right now. Iceborne is paid for expansion that requires the Monster Hunter World base game in order to play it. From the console prices, you're looking at around 30 to 40. If you don't own Monster Hunter World, there's the Master Edition, which includes both the base game and the Iceborne expansion. So I think you just need to own the base game. You don't need to have beaten it. I think you do. I don't think that's the case. Because I read... D- I read um, because it references the final, like in the story, it references the final boss of high rank, of like the base game. Oh, you're right. So here we go. Ryan is right, folks. The Monster Hunter World base game. For the game first time <laughs> on this podcast. Took 57 episodes, but he, here I we are. I got there. Started at the bottom, Ryan. And now we're here. Now we're here. The Monster Hunter World base game is required, and while Iceborne players will be able to enjoy some of the gameplay options, such as the slinger and weapon updates right away, they must have completed the main story through Hunter Rank 16 in order to access the new Iceborne story and quests. Yeah, so they end up... Rick, my old roommate Rick, he sold his PS4 and then he rebought it. So he had to start from scratch. And they give you like a high rank armor, which is like midway through the second half of the base game. Mm-hmm. So you can... like It gives you a head start to plow through the first half of the game. If you just want to do Iceborne, if that's what you're there for. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense because I was thinking of back in the day on the PS3, there was a game um, created by Level 5, actually, Dark Cloud and Nino Kuni, of course, White Knight Chronicles. It was this action RPG that I know Pete was a very big fan of. And when the second game came out, White Knight, White Knight Chronicles 2, you had to have beaten the first game before you could even play the second, yeah. which was screwed because that was literally a new entry in the series. This is DLC with Monster Hand. Monster Hunter fans being such a rabid fan base, this this DLC is for them. And they've clearly, like you, have already played the base game for 202 hours. So, Yeah, I went in and I, like, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to like unsheath my weapon, like all my attacks and everything. And then I got through one mission and I was like, oh, I've got this. Yeah. And like Rick and Ben, so there's you can kill the monster at the end of the quest or you can capture it. So you put down... Like a shock trap, it's shocked her, and then you throw down some tranquilizers. That's actually how Lauren and I got Scooby. <laughs> we tracked him on his shock trap. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if you shock trap him, you get more loot at the end of the quest. Okay. So, like, there's some new... Like, I go into the thing, and they start killing this guy after, like, it goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the end of the quest, once it's injured, it limps away, goes to sleep, and then you can kill it, and you have to do more of the fight, or you can just end it there with a shock trap. And these freaking noobs just start killing this thing. And I don't know if, like, Ben and Rick rubbed off on me, but, like, that's a noob move for Monster They rubbed off on you, clearly. Yeah, that and, like, Pokemon. You never would have played this game if it wasn't for them. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Uh, All games we've been playing recently. Yeah, we'll get into it. Do we want to talk about now? Because we're, like, pretty much through. Yeah, we might as well. So, here's the thing, folks. Ryan and I, we're going to... You know, prep for this episode. But we all know how that goes on Otaku Brothers. Ryan, I don't prepare for anything on this show. It's basically all off the cuff. Work's been crazy for me this week. And so is Monster Hunter. Ryan's been staying up later than I have, which is actually saying something because 
typically I'm up to the wee hours of the morning playing games on Scoob Watch Duty. And this year, or this week, it was in full force because Lauren, Monday, Tuesday, she went to her kickboxing class. Yeah. So she didn't get home both nights until 7.30. So I, of course, was watching Scoob. Wednesday, she was on supplier visits. So she didn't get home until like 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Scoob duties. Thursday, you guys visited your grandma because she's actually in poor health. How was she when you went and saw her? Not good. Not good? Yeah. It's too bad. Um, she slept mo- like the entire time. That's what I, Yeah, now that you say that, Lauren did mention that. Um, and then last night, Lauren went out with her girlfriends because she's had a hell of a week work-wise uh-huh. and went out for drinks with them. So I was on Scoob duties. Um, a lot of Scoob watching. But all of that to say, every night I go to bed around, I don't know, 10.30ish, maybe 11. And every time I woke up, I had a picture of new armor from you saying, dude, alpha armor, base armor, armor. Just yeah. beta armor plus. <laughs> yeah, I was just, dude, this is all so foreign to me. I know. Looks cool, though. Yeah, no, all the armors look amazing. So, like, when you kill a new monster, you get, like, pieces of him at the end. Mm-hmm. So, like, a scale or a claw or something like that. And you can go to the forge guy and you can see the armor that is associated with that monster. And it doesn't mean like I necessarily have that armor because you have to farm it a few times and then you're able to craft it. Um, But it's just really cool to see the new designs of all the armors. Um, So like Odegaron is this like, it's kind of in this dead like boneyard, kind of like the elephant graveyard. Okay. And it shoots this thing that like slowly eats away at your health. And like, it's just this dead area. But that like red ninja or black ninja armor I just showed you mm-hmm. is what it looks like, and it's very different from the high rank armor. Interesting. Um, so I'm enjoying the crap out of it. I think I was at least eleven o'clock each night. Um, so that's why Ryan is still sick. If you didn't notice, yeah, no, I'm. I was like, oh, why am I not healing? And then I'm like thinking about. It, I'm like. Well, I went to bed at 11 or 12, and then I got up at 5 each morning. And then it was a crazy day, and I had three of the hardest workouts at the beginning half of this week that I've done in a while. That's just stupid. Dude, at least take three days off of working out. Allow your body to rest and heal, because... No, because Monster Hunter and, like, dude, I had a really good back day. Dad had a conference call, and, like, I got there, like, a half an hour early to do deadlifts. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to come. So... I'm like, okay, I got this. I had headphones for the first time. And, like, I like to wear a sweatshirt and just feel like ass by the end. You smell like ass. I can attest to that. Uh, Yeah, no, it's bad. So, like, I sweat through two layers of clothes, top and bottom. And, like, I was dying. And I sweat so much, I broke my headphones. Like, I got to the next day and I tried to turn them on. They didn't turn on. And it was just static in one ear. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Awesome. What do you lift to? Um, I was doing NF. Nice. A lot. Yeah. Isn't it awesome? It's great. It's good workout music. It's really good. Yeah. Have you, um, are you listening to just the search album? Well, I had, like, I have my YouTube pulled okay. up and so it's I all just have playlists that I've random created. Yeah. yeah. I think I have, um, stress, why, when I grow up, intro, two, three, and then outros and, Things like that. Yeah. You should check out um, Search. Mansion. Oh. His first well, his first album was actually titled NF, and mm-hmm. I think it was six songs. A lot of those songs made it onto the first album, Mansion. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of good tracks on that first record, mm-hmm. or first, um, I guess, LP, EP, whatever they call it in the music industry. Yeah. So you should check out some of his older stuff. 
It's really good. Okay. And the therapy sessions, awesome. And perception, you have some of that music in your playlist. But yeah, good stuff, dude. No, it was good. Um, Monster Hunter, definitely worth getting. Like the size of the base game, I just counted so I could get it. The base game for high or low rank and high rank is twenty seven missions, and each mission for those is like max of 50 minutes and three deaths Mm -hmm. the new expansion is 24 missions wow so it basically doubles the base game this is basically monster hunter world 2 yeah essentially Mm -hmm. um i mean there's so much more to farm all the weapons have so like the weapons go from like one which is just like i'm using insect glaive which is awesome i have a ton of fun so it's like a staff and i'm basically an airbender I've got like a little bug friend sitting on my arm and I throw him at the monster and he, depending on where he hits, I get different buffs. Okay. So like I hit the monster in the head, I get a red buff, which is attack. Speed is like the body and the tail is like defense. Mm -hmm. And then I can flip around and then like I have my bug attacking this thing and it leaves his little bug friends on him, like just different areas, like little bugs. Yeah. And when I hit those bugs, they explode because the type of bug friend I have on my arm. Okay. And, like, I have a blast severing. So, like, they explode. Like, you can do paralysis, like, shock, like, that kind of stuff as your bug. Yeah. But I do blast because it just explodes and hurts the monster. Okay. And then severing is, like, cuts off body parts. Hmm. So, like, you get more drops. And it, like, like they limp around a little bit more. Yeah. Um, But all the weapons, there's 14 of them. They've all gotten from, like, the... The previous max tier was eight for your weapon. Mm-hmm. Now it's gone up to like twelve. Oh, so okay. So an increase significantly, and like tier eight was Elder Dragons in the base game for high rank. Now it is twelve as well, and mm. I'm currently sitting at ten. I'm six missions in out of twenty-four on the DLC. Okay. Um, and then the crazy thing is, so I had Elder Dragon armor, which is like the main end game bosses for like the high rank all maxed out like you can level up like you put these like armor orbs in and they level up like one through like 11 i mm-hmm. think so all of my armor was maxed augmented everything and my defense was 413 now put that into perspective dude that's the base just see think of like the end game armor for the base game is 413 okay I'm six missions into master rank. I'm at 723. Def- defense? Yeah. So wow. I've gained about 300. <clears throat> That's insane. 10. Um, and like the lowest monster, like the first monster you kill in high r- or master rank completely um, is, it's like higher by like 100 mm-hmm. than the highest elder dragon in high rank. Hmm. Like you just destroy the armor instantly. So like you're constantly getting new armors and like, plugging and playing like five or six different armor pieces on you and it's just a ton of fun awesome yeah i am so jazzed well like, i'm glad you're I, enjoying I was like, it as much as you are this morning because rick and i last night were playing together and he's in he just beat low rank and we're got it he, well, i mean he's beaten the game he's like he was ben's level before um, Rick's beaten the base game or he's beaten Iceborne already? He's beaten the base game when he had it on his old PS4. Yeah, yeah. And he was Tempered Elder Dragons. Like, Tempered is just a higher tier and then there's Arc Tempered. Mm-hmm. That's just in the weeds. But 
So we went in and we're like, hey, can you help me farm this like electro sack? So we went into low rank and we killed this like Toby Kadashi, which is like an electric wolf. It took us like a minute because I'm coming with master rank stuff. Mm -hmm. Killed it in like a minute. We farmed it up a bit, went to high rank, did some farming for Odegaron, which is like the same armor I'm wearing. Yeah. Like that red ninja armor. Yeah. Except in high rank so that he could get it for his stuff and upgrades. And we like... We were just getting him some stuff so that he can blow through the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I played a little bit of Borderlands this week. Um, Rick and I ran through um, with Ben a few of the levels. So Ben did um, end up picking it up? Yeah, he played like an hour. Okay. But then we were just on the same PS4 like chat room kind yeah. of thing. Um, That's pretty Rick- neat that you don't even have to be playing the same game, but you can hop into a party chat and just talk to people. Yeah, it was Ben and then two of his friends... That were playing Monster Hunter, and they're all end game stuff. And then Rick and I were playing Borderlands, and like the scaling in Borderlands Three is really cool. If like he's level twenty something, yeah, and we are fighting. Like if we go in, I'm fighting level thirty guys while he's fighting level twenty something guys, but we're all killing the same person. Yeah. So like it scales the characters to you. I like that. Yeah. And then like my drops were level thirty, and his drops were like at twenties or whatever. And then we were exploring through one of the areas, and there was one of the characters in like one of these side rooms. Yeah. And it was Mother of Dragons. And she had three dragons with all different elements flying around trying to kill us. It was like a nod to As Game like of an Thrones? Easter egg. Yeah. And there was like, there's a Rick and Morty Easter egg. They just teleport around, and it's like a dude with like crazy hair and like a little sidekick guy. That's really cool. Um, there's like a One Punch Man reference. And, like, if you kill the One Punch Man guy, you get a shotgun called a One Pump Chump. Nice. And uh, it's like, oh, it's a really powerful shotgun. Hmm. But it fires once. Okay. It's like One Punch Man. Yeah. No, it, there's a lot of different nods. Um, there was one Lord of the Rings nod that one of my coworkers was telling me about. Oh. Where it plays out the scene where they're in Moria and the bucket falls. And then the troll comes. Oh, yeah. So, the, like, it plays out in one of the side quests exactly like that. Fool of a duck. <laughs> and um, apparently, I think it was Borderlands 2, like how crazy these guns are. There was a, I think it was a gun that shot swords or flaming swords that explode. <laughs> it's like, you got to think the developers when they're, like, going through making the game, like, he comes in on a Monday, like, dude, you know what we should do? We should make a gun that shoot swords that are on fire that explode. You're like, yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, the creative talent behind some of those games and the minds behind them are just... They're so deranged, and I love it. It's wild, yeah. Yeah. So. Good stuff. So Borderlands, Monster Hunter, I'm sure you'll be playing a lot more of that in the next probably month or so. Yeah. No, I'm going to be playing Monster Hunter until Pokemon. In November, yeah. Because I don't think there's anything in October of interest to you, really. No, I mean... Borderlands and Monster Hunter are huge. I'm on chapter 17 out of 23 in Borderlands. Okay. So I'm getting towards the end game. A um, few more missions. I'm stuck on one of these. It's not a gimmicky boss. It's just... It's a pain for me mm-hmm. to play. And I've tried it a few times, and it, I just got irritated. Story-wise, what do you, what do you think progress? Like how, how What percentage are you through the game, you think? Whatever 17 out of 23 is. Um, 17... Because there's 17 chapters, or I'm on 17, 
about to go into 18. So 75% of the way through. Okay. Essentially. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Well, I um, last episode I talked about going to GameStop, traded in some games, ended yeah. up getting Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for Switch, and then I also got Rise of the Tomb Raider. I've been really itching to get back into the Uncharted series, but um, when I saw Rise of Tomb Raider at GameStop for relatively cheap, what did I pay for this? I think I already took the sticker off. Yeah, I did. Um, I got the, what is this? The 20-year celebration mini little collector's edition, special edition. It comes with a little art book here. And this has all of the DLC included on it. I think it was it like... It's holographic. Yeah, it is nice. Nice little shiny cover. I think it was about 16 bucks. And, you know, again, I wanted to get into an Uncharted game, but I played the first Tomb Raider game in this new trilogy of games by Crystal Dynamics and really, really enjoyed that. I played it again, both on 360 and the Definitive Edition on PS4. So when I saw this, it was a no-brainer. I didn't start playing it, actually, until Thursday night. So I spent the bulk of the week playing through uh, Link's Awakening. I'll get to that in a second because I'm actually having a lot more fun with Rise of the Tomb Raider. And so I don't really know how much time has passed since the first game. Okay. Um, but in the second one, actually, no, I have it in my notes here. It's, it's one year after the events of the first game. And this one kind of is a lot darker um, in terms of story and theme than the first one, at least that I remember. So, Like in what, what sense? Without spoiling. Yeah, so I don't think this is necessarily spoiling a whole lot. Um, but Laura, Lara, in the beginning of the game, um, well, it, it starts off in very uncharted fashion where you're in Siberia, you're scaling this mountain. Of course, an avalanche starts. You jump off and you're thrust into the snow and you seemingly die. Yeah. And then it says two weeks earlier. So, you know, oh, okay. It's one of those things. where Yeah, you're, it's uncharted too. Exactly. So you go back to your house and you find out that your father was searching for this lost city that might have the um, solution to immortality. Uncharted 2. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this is borrowing very heavily from that, but I don't even mind because, again, I was looking for that experience. Yeah, no, that's what you wanted. So um, it drove him absolutely mad, and he ended up killing himself. And so in a lot of moments in the game, Lara has these, these visions of walking into the room and finding her father as a child laying on his desk with blood, of course, coming out of his head. Oh, cool. My guess is, because uh, there's this, this faction called Trinity who's trying to find the city before her, mm-hmm. and their motivations for finding it, of course, are a lot negative and not positive. Because Lara is trying to find it for, you know, you know, positive reasons for, for humanity, and they're going to try and use it in negative ways. I don't really know why, but... Um, Uncharted 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Nazis. Yeah. Um... Guys, now I want to play Uncharted, man. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you should really pick up these these two minor games. But anyways, you convince your friend to go with you to Siberia to find the city. And once you're there, you of course, there's this, this group of people that have been living here for years. I don't know if they're making use of this immortality thing. Um, but they're trying to defend or fend off this Trinity gang. And Lara, of course, has agreed to help fight them off. Cool. Um, that's the story, kind of setting the scene there. Um, but it's everything that you would expect from an Uncharted-like experience, but of course, a much more emphasis on collecting and gathering resources, crafting to make enhancements to your, your guns, your uh, clothing, and just different attachments and things like that. Is it like Uncharted where you like can you constantly switch out weapons, or do you have like your set weapons where you level up? Kind yes. of like a Horizon. Yes, yeah, so you toggle with the, the controller pad, so you have a bow and arrow, which is what what I main. That's what I use the most most of the time. A pistol and um, assault an assault rifle. Okay. And then you have two of those 
ice pick things that people use when they're ice climbing. Yeah. So you use those to like dig into people's faces and stuff like that to uh, do stealth kills. So then those are your set three weapons and then you upgrade those. Yes. Like customize or whatever. Yep. And so you can have... That sounds your... like a lot of fun. Sounds very much like Horizon's loadout. Yes. Well, actually, it's funny. So this this group of people that have been living on this... Or in Siberia, this little hidden away city. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you a picture of that girl with, with red hair. Yeah. She reminds me of Aloy. Aloy. And then there's another dude that has like dreads that reminds me of... Um, oh, uh... The eagle or whatever. The other were. dude in that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's really, really good times. The The attention to detail in the world and just the graphics in general look absolutely phenomenal. And even just like the subtle little things, like when you walk into caves and of course it's dark, yeah. you don't have to press any button. She automatically lights a glow stick and attaches it to her belt. That's really nice. So just those like really subtle little attentions to detail that are really... Um, it just, I guess, we're in the year 2019. Clearly, these these types of things are implemented in games. But I'm having a really good time with it. I think about 28%. I actually, last night, um, accidentally really ran into a DLC because it's kind of interconnected to the overall world and game. And so last night, I completed, what was it called here? Baby, or Baba Yaga, the Temple of the Witch. Ah. It was this really interesting story where this guy, he... He's like really run down, this old man. Or maybe you run into his daughter. I think you run into his daughter and says, hey, my dad is stuck in this cave. Can you go find him? You go and find him. You bring him back. And then he's kind of possessed and says that there's this witch in the mountain that's causing other people to be possessed and all these types of crazy stuff. Well, you, you know, make your way through this cave and all these different obstacles and puzzle solving and stuff like that. Once you get up there... And you get through like two rounds of this boss because there's really like three waves of the boss. Yeah. Once you get to the final one, the daughter radios you and says, hey, dad just told me that the witch is actually my mom and, and his wife. Oh, shit. So once you destroy and break the curse, then she comes back into her human form and they're reunited. And they sing Kumbaya and they go on their merry way. So, do you like DLC where it's intertwined with the main game, or do you like where it's like somewhat leveled off? So, like Horizon, you have to make it maybe two thirds way through to get to that ice, like ice DLC. Yeah, and because it's a higher level, it's meant for I mean end game kind of stuff, upgrading your weapons to that more end game, and it would kind of make <clears throat> everything obsolete. Plus, mm. you couldn't kill anything early on in the game. Do you like that style and like Iceborne? versus that yeah so i guess the comparison i'd make for me because since i've played both games in shadow of war and shadow of mordor the dlc you have to select on the start screen you can't connect to it in game it's Mm. completely separate right whereas again in in tomb raider rise of the tomb raider i walked up to this npc and it kicked off this yeah this um dlc quest i prefer that i mean very much like in dark souls how if you it's kind of abstract, and if you don't know where it is, you're not going to find it. Yeah. But I like how it is. You can take a break from the main game and go back to the, or go to the DLC. But even in Tomb Raider, they borrow from Dark Souls actually because you rest at campfires, and that's where you do all your upgrading and crafting and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Do all the enemies <clears throat> respawn? No, that does not happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when you lay, when you go down to one of those um, camps, you can fast travel to all the different locations. So I could be in the location of the DLC. I can fast travel back to main game and continue on the main quest and come back to the DLC so it later. Looks, it sounds like it's pulling from a lot of other, like, really well done There's games. absolutely no originality here, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. 
This is Dark Souls Horizon. Uncharted. Uncharted. In a blender. And I'm loving every second of it uh, because of that. No, it's, it's really, really good fun. And again, I love this um, this version of Lara Croft and just the direction they're taking her character. Um, Did you see the Lara Croft movie with the girl who was an ex-Machina? Alicia Vancouver or whatever her name is. Yeah, the one Vicander. who married like one of the X-Men. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, in terms of video game movies, and especially an adaptation of a character that was very over-sexualized previously with Angelina Jolie's character, when she, you know, like, wasn't 45 pounds. I mean, now, all that to say, I actually did enjoy the Angelina Jolie movies. They were actually all right. And Daniel Craig was in those. Oh, really? He was in the second one. I think he was the the bad dude. Mm. But, yeah, no, you should check out that one. It was on HBO, but we no longer have this Yeah. So. Well, I think Spider-Man Digital release just came out. And oh. then I bought uh, Dragon Ball Z Brawly movie. Oh, you did? Yeah. Because the the art style to that, like for, some of those scenes are amazing. Hmm. It's really well done. Wait, so did you buy the downloadable, downloadable version of Far From Home? No, I was just going to see if I could rent it on PS4 tonight. Oh, okay. Good stuff. I you... guess not tonight because we're, we're playing. Are we doing that? I think so. Okay. Do you not want to? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm fine monster huntering by myself. Okay. But, because I think originally the plan was you guys are just going to hang out. That's what you guys want to do. I'm cool not. Yeah, we might do that tonight. So originally, so for the listeners, because we're podcasting right now, Ryan. Yeah. Did oh, you know yeah. That? No. Okay. Shit. We pressed start. We're recording? We pressed start. <laughs> we pressed start 30 minutes ago. We were originally going to have you over. We were going to hook your, or uh, my. And Dion, I think. Yeah, we were going to hook a TV up there. You were going to Monster Hunter. Lauren was going to Monster Hunter because she has never played World. And um, she, I was just showing her my armor because we get coffee in the morning. And she's just like, that's what I want like to upgrade. Because she's been on a lull for games. Yeah, she hasn't really played anything in considerable amount of time. I mean, probably since Alaska, she played some DS stuff, but nothing. She hasn't really sunk her teeth into a game probably since we've actually been like in a relationship together. What she, a bitch. Well, I remember when she was down in Kentucky on an internship. This is kind of when we first started dating. Uh-huh. She was really thick into Destiny and yeah. playing Call of Duty online and things like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can see Laura play Call of Duty online. <laughs> it's weird to think about because I've not seen her in that type of mindset. But she swears yeah. that she was a great sniper and she picked people off. So Oh, I can see that. Yeah. She was pretty good Destiny yeah. from what I remember. Yeah, but I'd love to see her... Like, be in a position where it's like, Lauren, can I have the PS4? And she looks back at me and just says, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, she's so thick in a game that she's just... I, I think so Monster Hunter invested. could do that for her. Because, I mean, my favorite thing is playing with other people. Mm-hmm. And, like, you go in. You, you're upgrading your armor just so you can survive. But also so you can show off that sweet piece of gear. That's like, right. Yeah, you're it's... like, God, look at my plate, buddy. Isn't that sexy? Well, it's like, wow. Oh, and, you know, yeah. MMOs. Once you grind for that and you achieve that, you have to flaunt it. Yeah. So, like, you go into a mission and you can SOS or, like, you can join other people's missions. Mm-hmm. And then you go on a hunt with, like, four other people. And, like, at the end of the quest, everyone after the monster's dead is just standing around. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got this armor. What's up? Now, is it like in Bloodborne and Dark Souls where you can press a button and you, like, do the like, little animations? Oh, yeah. And there's like one because they did a uh, promotion with Street Fighter where like people are haiyukaing. It's like haiyukin, and you shoot that like blue flame. Oh, from Street Fighter. Yeah, 
you could I think it was like a dollar and you get to pay for that emote or there's like a bunch of free emotes and you can like just dance around sit down that's awesome yeah yeah I think that might be the game for her to get really invested in yeah so the other game I was playing this week Ryan I spoke about it earlier was uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Switch so if you've played this game originally on the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color with the DX version you know what you're expecting or you know what you're getting into it is a mostly um kind of top-down bird's-eye-view Legend of Zelda game. And while I was playing it, I was actually kind of curious where it fit into the overall timeline. Uh-huh. So this actually takes place after Walking of Time and then Link to the Past, and this takes place after the events of Link to the Past, which is the Super Nintendo game. Okay. Is there a cohesive timeline for Link? There is, actually. I can pull it up right now. So the first game, actually, in the entire chronology of the Legend of Zelda series, is actually the best Zelda game, Ryan. Which is... Uh... Skyward Sword. On the Nintendo Wii. Oh, that's weird that they go back in the past. Kind of an op- unpopular opinion. Yeah. So no. yeah, it's not necessarily... That's the one with like the really janky beginning. It's not janky, it's just a slow like, start. Let's, let's pick up a cat on a roof. Is that that game? Well, you're in Skyloft, and there's a little bit of run around Fetching. fetching stuff okay. before you get onto your adventure. But anyway, so Skyward Sword, the Minish Cap, which is a Game Boy Advance game, Four Swords, which I think was also a Game Boy Advance, had some, I think, GameCube functionality or something like that, and then Ocarina of Time. So there's different categories here on Wikipedia. So, the, of course, the title headline is The Legend of Zelda Series Chronology. You have those four games that I just mentioned, and then you get into The Hero is Defeated timeline. So you have A Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Oracle of Season and Ages, which were Game Boy Color games, oh, okay. A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, Triforce Heroes. Was that on the 3DS? I think, I've never heard of that game. I think it was on the 3DS. The Legend of Zelda, the original on the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. The Adventure of Link, Zelda 2. Then you get into The Hero is Victorious, which is... So we have the Child Era, which is Majora's Mask on the N64. Twilight Princess. Four Swords Adventures. I wonder, how is that... Is that different than Four Swords? There's too many freaking Zelda games. Yeah, I was going to say, how many Zelda games are there? And then the adult era is Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. And then Breath of the Wild is beneath all of that. So I'm not sure if that just means that it takes place after all of those games or how it really fits into the overall timeline. It just simply is. Yes. But all of that to say, getting back to Link's Awakening, after the events of Link to the Past, Link sets off on a grand adventure on a sailboat kind of traveling to a bunch of different countries, training for any potential future threats. Okay. And in the midst of this, a storm brews, and he crashes and washes up onto this island. Okay. So, interestingly enough, this game does not take place in the Hyrule universe. It's completely separate, and it's probably one of the most, if the most, bizarre games in the Zelda series. Why is that? Aside from the... um, Wasn't there one with Mario in it? I have no idea. Well, there's... Like Mario Nods or something like that? Well, that's, Link, that's Link's Awakening. Oh, okay. Um, the CDI games I don't really include in the chronology, and they weren't listed on Wikipedia, so clearly they're not held in high regard. But anyways, so you wash up on this island, and you're taken to this house. Um, Taryn, I believe, is his name. Marin, his daughter, is the one you kind of speak with quite a bit. Okay. And she kind of walks you along the beach, and you're having these conversations, and she says if she was a seagull, she would always leave this island because she feels very kind of secluded and restricted to, to this place. Well, it gets really weird because you talk to this owl, or this owl talks to you and instructs you. Like Ocarina of Time? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. But he instructs you to collect these eight instruments, climb up this mountain, 
play these eight instruments in front of this giant egg, it'll hatch, and this wind fish will come out, and once you defeat it, then you can go home. When does she turn into a seagull? <laughs> she doesn't turn into a seagull. She said if she was a seagull. Oh, okay. This I is thought a, you were going to be on a mission to turn her into a seagull. <laughs> this is an animorphs, Ryan. No, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't work like that. I'm changing! <laughs> <laughs> but graphically, it looks absolutely beautiful. If you've it seen does. any of the trailers, Link's adorable. It, it plays as if you're in a Zelda diorama. It's just so, so beautiful, wandering these open-world environments. Some of the... I guess, um, you know, reviewers were saying that there's some graphical slowdown in some of the more open field type environments. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that. Or if I have, it's in no way disrupted my enjoyment of the game. I will say, though, that I'm following a guide because with Zelda games, and this one in particular, there's not a whole lot of clear direction on the map to say, here's a waypoint. You need to go here. Yeah. And that's just when I play games, I prefer that type of thing. Like in Skyrim, it's like, oh, you need to go to um, Riften. Riften, you know, some city. Let me know where I need to go, and I'll make my way towards that direction. And this doesn't necessarily do it, but as you're talking to NPCs, they'll often give you an item and say, hey, if you give me this can of food, I'll give you a pineapple. Yeah. And you're like, okay. So you take this pineapple, and as you're wandering the the open world, you'll come into contact with someone else and say, oh, if you give me that pineapple, I'll give you whatever, just another random item. And so... I couldn't couldn't say what I was going to (laughs) say. Probably for the best. But when all the different uh, Nintendo nods come into play, so you go into this one shop where there's a crane game. So you talk to this guy and you can play this crane game to get a number of different items. One of the items is literally a Yoshi plush doll. Oh, cute. Yeah, so just things like that. And then when you go into... So I said most of the game's played in this bird's eye view, but there's some environments where you go into a dungeon yeah. and you'll go down this ladder and then it plays like a 2D plane type of game as if you're playing like a 2D Mario. Oh, that's cool. And it wasn't beat for beat the same, but you know in World 1, 2 and Super Mario Brothers where it's... Yeah. Well, that kind of played sort of, like kind of in a variation of that song. You went down this ladder and there were Goombas. From the Mario series that you could jump on top of, and then they would disappear. That's cool. So little nods like that make it just such a unique game. Certainly, and the Zelda games, uh, you don't really see that very often. No, that actually that was one of my favorite things in Odyssey, like in like Mar- Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. is at different times you had to go into like a two D Mario world to like traverse platforms. Oh, nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I think I have four of the instruments that I need to collect. Okay. And as I said, I'm following a pretty decent guide that lets me know, like, hey, do all this stuff in the main world in order to get to this dungeon. And once I get to the dungeon, I don't look at the tutorial, or not the tutorial, but the walkthrough at all. Yeah. Because I want to do the dungeons justice, figure them out myself, do all the puzzle solving on my own. And it's really nothing too complicated. The only thing that I'd want to consult a guide for is that you can collect these seashells. Yeah. It's just this random collectible. That's Scooby drinking water in the background. That is the loudest drinking of water. (laughs) It's also really intense. I've never drank water that furiously. I hope the listeners are picking up on that. Um, It's just silence. (laughs) We're like, oh, listen to that water. It's just nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, so you can collect these seashells, and these are riddled all over the world, including in dungeons. And you might miss those because there might be a wall that has a slight uh, crack or sliver in it that you can use a bomb to blow up. And of course, it plays the little... Zelda tune when you discover something new. What do the seashells do? There's a place where you can... Turn that girl into a seagull with the seashells. Exactly, exactly. No, you 
put them all into like this little bin and then it raises this meter and then as it as you collect so many seashells the meter rises you get different items once you reach different thresholds um so but yeah it's it's really fun uh i'll probably finish it in the next couple of weeks i'm trying not to rush through it you know i texted you that hey um i'm gonna try to beat it by the end of this week or by the time we record and i was like what the hell are you doing so yeah it's like two episodes or three episodes you're like dude going way too fast i'm beating games just to beat games because i have a long list i was like slow down yeah so i put that down and was just like you know what laura croft laura croft time let's play rise of the tomb raider which i'm joining the hell out of and i I will probably focus my effort and attention on this game throughout the rest of the week there's so much in rise of tomb raider that you can potentially do again on the back here it said includes vr support for blood ties new ultimate survivor difficulty mode new outfits and guns inspired from the original games and then a number of different dlcs that i could potentially go through and on top of that, just the base game has so many different collectibles. And in similar, like, Uncharted fashion, you know how there's those treasures yeah. that you can collect? You have, like, manuscripts and documents that have a lot of exposition about the world and your father's history and his story and some of his, you know, expeditions that he did. And even just the different environments that you're in will provide some backstory to all of that. I typically don't listen to the, the monologue that plays when you collect those items. Yeah. But again, it makes for... Uh, it makes exploration a lot more fun. So. Nice. And then you're done with Oblivion. Yeah, dude, that was ridiculous. What the you know what I might, you know what I, yeah you know what I might start doing is for each podcast episode just to get some more traffic in the Discord is pop a picture into the Discord that represents or that's representative of the episode. So like last episode we had the bearded boys picture. Yeah, yeah that was good stuff. Hopefully you guys got a kick out of that. If you haven't, link to the Discord is in the show notes to this podcast give it a you know pop in there ask us a question if you picked up some games recently or you're playing something that you want to share with us you know right into the discord it's it's good times and there's not a whole lot of traffic going on there but i think what i'm going to do is earlier in the week i uh, before i started playing rise of tomb raider i uh, continued my playthrough of oblivion with that dark elf yeah so i made it through the sewers i got out into the open world and as you go through as you enter a city and i completely forgot about this if someone wants to speak with you to progress a story mission or ask you to perform a side quest for them, they'll literally like sprint up to you. Yeah, like the courier. Yeah, and then the oh camera like completely shifts and zooms into their face in like a matter of half a second. It's like, <laughs> dude, what the frick is going on? And he's just like, can you, you know, send this little, you know, message to whoever, my friend or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I took a picture of this person. And it looked like a derpy mess. Like, it seriously, was. gourds that you buy during the October season yeah. look like a gourd grew a fucking face. This thing <laughs> looks ridiculous. So I'm going to pop that picture into the Discord. But it was funny because Ryan was, you know, in the thick of Monster Hunter. I sent him that picture. The following morning, I went to work, and I was going through Twitter on my phone, and I follow a Lord of the Rings online account. Yeah. And typically, they'll retweet other people who share armor sets or whether they had a you know significant accomplishment in the game, defeat a quest, whatever it might be. And this person got this crazy looking like Nazgul. Nazgul armor that was red and it had all these like augmentations of blue and it just looked really neat. And they also had their horse decked out in this armor. Yeah. So I sent that picture to you and I kind of voiced my opinion that, hey dude, I think I'm done with Lord of the Rings Online because unless unless I'm a subscriber I'm not really going to get the full experience of this game. Yeah. 
So you sent both pictures back to me. One of the derpy face from Oblivion. Scooby, you really need to chill the frick out. He just wants to be loved. Yeah, he does. Um, you sent me the derpy face, and then you sent me the armor that looked awesome. Yeah. And you said, free-to-play member versus subscriber. And it was so true because this derpy face is basically what the experience you're going to get if you just try to fr- play for free. Yeah. So. Apparently, Pokemon Masters is pretty balanced with free-to-play. Oh, is it? Is that on mobile? Yeah. Okay. Rick was talking to me about it. Oh, no. Trying to convince me to... You know, and I was like, dude, I, I haven't downloaded it because I don't, I don't want to put money into a game. Was it him that introduced you to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes? No, it was me that, did, like, corrupted everyone. When was the last time... And be honest with me. When was the last time you opened that application? Um... I tried for like a day, maybe two months ago, and then I was like, I don't have the time investment for this. Yeah. Before, like, total, like, actually playing about a year and four or five months ago. Okay, consistently playing, you're saying? Yeah, like, the last time I, like, consistently played, my last day was, like, a year and five months ago. Okay, okay. So, I'm, like, a year and five months sober from Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Proud of you. You should get, I don't know, some kind of coin for that. Yeah, at least. Or new armor set in Monster Hunter, because I'm addicted to that one. That's what I love, though. Like, not to be, like, ranting about Monster Hunter again. There is no free, it's no, like, pay to play. Like, Mm -hmm. the entire game is based around loot drops from these monsters that you actually play. And there's no way, like... Hey, put $3 in to speed up your rewards or, like, buff out your cat. Yeah. It's like, the, like, people who made it are like, no, that would break our game. And we don't want to, like, have you pay us to play our game less. We want you to enjoy the shit out of our game. <laughs> like, I was like, yes. Yeah. That's all I want. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll pay, I will happily pay $40 for an expansion. That's or just DLC. as big as the, the base game. Yeah. To like give money to the producer, mm-hmm. and they have like if you really want to change like change your gender like or redo your character completely, you can. But it's like you get the first one free, and then you can redo it for like a dollar. Okay, which gotcha. That's completely fine with me. It's all optional, but like the full game is sixty dollars or whenever you buy it plus forty dollars for DLC. Okay, gotcha. Well, Ryan, that's all I've been playing this week. I have a surprise segment for us to do today. Okay. So we talked a couple episodes back about implementing a new segment to the show called Night Owl Media. Yes. Because Rusty, How's Lucifer going? Because I uh, told you to watch that. Watched all it. seasons three and a half times. Yeah, you like it? Awesome. I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so Your sister's been watching it. My sister loves the show. The thing with this segment, the, well, the intention and motivation behind it was that Rusty gets anxiety at night when he wants to to watch something and he doesn't really know what to watch or sometimes even play. And yeah. this segment was intended for Ryan to suggest something to me that I could go to and watch. Yes. And then we could discuss on the podcast because it hopefully would be something that's that Ryan's already like. seen. So Lucifer, I think starting with like a three season TV show is a little much. I think we should have started with like, Hey, watch this movie or watch this anime. That's relatively short. Something along those lines. Okay. While I was doing some eBay game hunting, couple nights ago that's safe very safe always a good idea especially on friday when you've had a couple course lights yeah so that's how i bought knights of the old republic too nice good stuff oh yeah did you buy any games on the pc we'll talk about it in a second okay. we'll talk about it in a second so what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna unbox two games one of them specifically is tied to a tv show 
that Rusty's going to start watching because Ryan has talked glowingly about it for years. He's been pushing me to watch it, and I haven't. Okay, so that could be a few. Could be. So this one might be it. It might not be it. Perfect. Is this a holographic? Who knows? Is it a triangle? <laughs> so I went back and watched Pete's every play every game on the PlayStation 2 stream. Mm-hmm. So this person used emulators to get five seconds of footage for every single PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. And last summer, Pete watched this video and then, of course, commentated over it on his Twitch channel. And I go back and watch that every now and again if I want to get recommendations for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And every time I watch it, and it's a significantly long stream, it's like, I think, nine hours. Uh-huh. Because not only does he do that, but then he had a sub-goal that if he hit 400 subscribers uh, on his Twitch channel over the course of the stream, he would also do the video for PSP games. So he watched... How many PS2 games are there in total? Let's Google this real quick. I mean, there's... I don't want to say like a thousand, but there's a lot of them. How... PS2 games are there. Um, actually, Ryan, there's 1,850. Holy cow. So you can imagine why that video was like seven hours long. Do any of the people you follow have all of them? No, no. I mean, Pete's gotta have like, a, like 150, 200 PS2 games, I think. Okay. But I don't... I mean, the amount of shovelware that you would have, the amount of sports games. I mean, if you just look at like I guess you'd have all the years. Right? Oh, yeah. Madden, FIFA. And then you have, like, the ESPN 2K games that had all, you know, basketball, hockey, football. I wonder football. what that would cost you. I'm sure. buy 1,800 games? I don't know why you'd want to do that. I don't know. But I'm sure there's people out there. Yeah. All that to say, I went through that stream last Friday, and that's when I ended up purchasing these games. One of them, I'll pull this out right here. I'm actually kind of glad that I pulled out this one first. It's called, how do you pronounce this? Kaya Dark Lineage. And it is a 3D platformer. And let's see, the back of the box here says Magic, Rebellion, Combat. Join Kaya on a journey through a strange and mysterious world. Fight and transform evil creatures, master magical powers, and soar to new heights. Uncover the secrets and discover the evil behind the dark lineage. And so it just looked like a very traditional 3D platformer, very in the vein of Jack and Daxter and those types of games. And I watched a review of it. And it looked very inspired by Raymond to The Great Escape on the N64. Okay. So that's a fantastic 3D platformer as well. And if it's anything like that, and the review I, uh, I watched compared it to that game and said it's almost to its detriment. Um, that it's like that, that game. That it's like that game. But it's still a really good time if you're a 3D. Yeah, that reminds me of that show I told you to watch. Fan of 3D platformers. Which one? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, one of these is supposed to remind you of like a show I told you to watch. So I think you're going to be very excited, Ryan. And this game that I'm opening up right now is on, the one. Is related to that show. And it also looks like a really fun kind of brawler action game, similar to, you know, maybe your, your God of Wars, okay. things like that. Nothing to that intensity. But, of course, I've only seen short snippets of gameplay. Let me just open this up real quick. So, Ryan, any guesses? I have no idea. I'm trying to... A brawler. Oh, that's what I was actually thinking. I didn't know because that is a few seasons. It is, but I think... It's the best show ever. <laughs> okay, now you sound like okay. me. It. Yeah, it does sound like you. Yeah. Dude, uh, like literally the greatest soundtrack of all time. <laughs> that, that's more like it. It's always start with the soundtrack. Uh, I'm no, pathetic. As far as animes go, best anime. Uh, you think so? Yes. 
better than Dragon Ball Z, One Punch Man, yes. Naruto. Yeah. Okay. I, Naruto, I couldn't get into. Um, One Piece. Okay, so I don't even know One if we've Piece, mentioned I'm it. Not Full like, Metal Alchemist. I'm not spending like 800 episodes to get through halfway through. Full Metal Alchemist and the Broken Angel is this game. It was actually published by Square Enix. That's pretty interesting. Nice. But harness the power of alchemy. Meet Edward Elric, a 15-year-old prodigy with the ability to harness the power of the ancient science of alchemy. Join him and his brother, Alphonse. 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 On this epic... Alphonse! No! Is that what he says? Oh, yeah. Here's your leg and your body. On this epic adventure through unknown lands, outrageous enemies and curious puzzles as they search for a powerful stone to counteract the effects of a forbidden endeavor. Based on the wildly popular anime TV show of the same name, Full Metal Alchemist delivers action-packed excitement and unbelievable gameplay. Enter an enthralling story told through in-game dialogue and high-quality cinematic animation sequences. Dude, if you're going to start that over, I'll watch it with you. Okay. Yeah. Dude, so there's... Don't you miss this? Just I check do. out that manual. I miss these. Look manuals. at all that color in there, too. It's not black and Gosh. white and boring. This could probably cost them 40 cents. How dare they spend that on the consumer? Oh, yeah. So I'm super pumped. I think Hawkeye. I watched probably the first three, first three episodes back in the day, and I did enjoy it. I just didn't continue watching it. So There's one episode I have to skip. Is it, it sad? It's so sad. But I ha- I I think it's in the first season. Perfect. I ha- I skip it every time. I mean, I've rewatched the show maybe three or four times. Okay. But like, well, so there's Full Metal Alchemist, and then there's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I recommend Brotherhood. That's what I have over there on the shelf. Um, Full Metal. Oh, you ha- you actually bought it? Well, no. So remember back in the day when that um that then friend of mine on YouTube sent me a PS3 ton of games. And they sent me this anime because it was his favorite. Okay. Let me grab it real quick. Do you have you don't have all the seasons though, from what I remember. I don't believe so. It's on Netflix, so before you cancel Netflix. Yeah, so this is Brotherhood. So I have the first twenty six episodes. Okay. Yeah, so before you cancel Netflix, watch all of it. Okay. Um and I'll pick it up tonight. I'll start watching it tonight. Awesome. Well, then I might do the same. I was actually last night watching some Star Wars Rebels. Okay, very nice. Fun show. Was going through the first season again. This one's less lighthearted, but it's still entertaining. I could use some intensity in my life. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for pulling out eardrums. Rest in peace, (laughs) headphone listeners. The second I started, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't mean that. If anyone got into a car accident, uh... DM me on like uh, DM me on Instagram and I'll send you Ryan's address. You can send funny. all medical bills to him. Don't don't sign me up for that. Um, I, I had like YouTube on and it was going through like a compilation of Gosh, things. Dude, that was ridiculous. <laughs> so it was pretty intense, and um, like it was in my car, and then all of a sudden the volume like between these clips are significantly different. So I like put up my car until like oh like you every time you open up your mouth on the podcast. Yeah, it's that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That, I don't want to scream again. Yeah, and um, so like it just it made this like shrieking sound, and like it had just been quiet. So I raised it up, and it scared the shit out of me. Like I almost crashed. Well, now you know how the listeners yeah, feel. Yeah, sorry guys. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Should be. 
Well, it'd be really fun to discuss in the podcast because I really have not watched a ton of anime, Ryan, and I know you're much more well versed in anime than I am. And I'd like to get. Yeah. I'd like to start watching a lot more because really I've only watched Dragon Ball and Z, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. If you do consider that to be anime, Trigun. Which have you ever seen Trigun? No. I remember back in the day, my mom and I would always go to Borders, the one over on that where you used to live, that long stretch of road. Yeah. So that plaza over there had a Borders bookstore. Used to be a Zany Brainy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For all those, you know, 90s kids out there that know where Zany Brainy. That was a sad one, because they had all the crazy bones. Yeah, not only did they have crazy bones, but Ryan, that's where I got my first deck uh, of Pokemon cards, like the first trainer pack. Oh, nice. Who was the first shiny? I think it was Kangaskhan. Hmm. Was that the first shiny that I got? Because you know they have, they have the the shiny Pokemon at the front of the box that say, you want it because of this one. Yeah. But then you get like the standard energy cards. Like there's no mystery in this package. It was a specific oh, deck. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, that's but, where my, I got my first deck of Pokemon cards. They also had those like little, um, those like rolly bead things that have characters on them. Like beans, Mighty Beans. Mighty Beans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now you got Pokemon Mighty Beans there. I miss Mighty Beans. They didn't do anything, but they're cool. <laughs> yeah, they just had faces and sand and they, like, in them. rolled around. I don't know how, like, you got to think the people are in the room like, dude, what are, what are these stupid kids going to want this year? Let's put cylinders and faces on them and package them up in pretty packaging. Well, They'll buy it for days. Remember um, Silly Bands? I mean, that was a craze for a while. Oh, where they turned into shapes? Yeah. Yeah, I never got into that. I remember that. seeing kids with like 30 of those things up their arms. Or like Livestrong. God, who wants to get Livestrong bracelets? Like, only the cool kids had Livestrong bracelets, and then there was, like, 40 million other variations. Rest in peace, Tour de France trophies with Lance Armstrong. Yeah, and, like, the first, like, 14 winners. Yeah. And, like, all races. Anyways, we should Come get on, back blood to... blood doping. <laughs> I, blood doping f- sounds like it'd be no fun at all. Right? So, they, like, they take your blood out, they f- put more oxygenated blood in, and they pump it back into you. That would hurt really bad. I would. All right, so Borders Bookstore. <laughs> yeah. Blood doping in Borders Bookstore. It's a back room. It's like Bed Bath and Beyond, but Beyond is blood doping. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom and I would always go there. That was kind of like our mom, you know, in son dates. She'd go get lost reading her romantic Danielle Steele novels and I would go get lost in the manga section. Okay. And one of the first manga ga- or uh manga books that I p- remember picking up was Trigun. I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but the the anime that is it is associated with is also fantastic. Yeah. So, I can let you borrow that. I think sometime. I've seen some of it with Rick. Okay. Yeah, it's um, We've watched a few in college. I don't know the name. There was one it was like Heaven's Lost Property, which is like as anime as anime gets. Mm-hmm. Um bit too much baka and test was hilarious it was basically a school and like it's i think it translates to like idiot test and it's just really hilarious humor like okay. it's one of the funniest shows i've seen for like anime and then yeah baka and test is worth getting um or seeing and then one punch man is awesome i liked season one better than season two once i watched i basically watch all season two in like a day and a half and then I canceled Hulu because that's the only reason I got Hulu. Oh, really? To watch season two. Um, I think that's all I've really seen. That and both of the full medals. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll expand Pokemon, our obviously. anime palette here in the near future, Ryan. Okay. But we haven't done a hot off the presses segment on Otaku Brothers since 
I think it was last week because we had the Nintendo Direct. So. Yeah. <laughs> True to form with the uh, Hot did Up the Press segment. we talk about Nintendo Direct? We didn't. I don't think we ever did, actually. Cool. It's been a while then. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, it's old news now. And what's new news, Ryan, is PlayStation State of Play that tries to mimic the Nintendo Direct format, but does it rather poorly. Yeah, so I think it's you... not like as Japanese and as happy. Well, you even take that out of it. I think the Nintendo Directs are most of the time, I would say about 85% of the time, are brilliantly paced. Yeah. You know, they open it up, they're saying, hey, we're happy to show you what's going on at Nintendo. Show a few games that you expect. Luigi's Mansion 3, Dragon Quest S, you know, 11's coming to the Switch. Things you expect. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, here's a bunch of indie games that are coming to the Switch. It's great. And then they just start dropping bombs at the end. They're like, you know, Banjo's coming to Smash. We have like 15 other Smash characters that are coming. We told you there's six, there's actually 20. And they just go nuts, and everyone goes crazy, and Nintendo fans are just super elated. Yeah. And then you go to the PlayStation State of Play, and they start out with this psycho game where you have a bunch of mannequins that are just fucking jumping off of ledges, and thousands of people are dying. It's like a... It's like, hey guys, so uh, we're going to start the PlayStation State of Play. (laughs) Well, there wasn't a whole lot of energy behind it, and then, I mean, literally, if you watch the trailer for Humanity, it, it looks like a human killing simulator. We need more of those. It's really not. I don't. I don't really know what the intention or what what this gameplay is supposed to be. But yeah. you have these different things. It looks like you're steering and guiding this crowd and mass of people. And I don't. It looks like it's probably going to end up being a puzzle game. Okay. But it certainly doesn't look like a puzzle game I want to play. No, that doesn't sound fun at all. Mannequins are crazy creepy. They are very weird, and one of my favorite episodes of Twilight Zone was actually about mannequins. Okay. I forget what the uh, the name of the episode was, but it was this, this lady that works in a department store, and at night, when everyone else left, the mannequins kind of came alive. That's creepy. It, almost like, um, you haven't seen Westworld, but like Westworld in the basement, when like the robots are decommissioned, they're just all standing in the basement, like looking towards the door. Like... It's creepy. That is messed up. It's like mannequins, except they can think and kill. And yeah, overall, I would say the state of a play was kind of a roller coaster of decent to great to okay, whatever type game. So we had humanity to kick it off. Then we went into Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, um, which is a shit show gameplay. Why? Well, there's like a huge controversy because one of the game modes that everyone loved is year blocked off for just PlayStation. Oh, is this Spec Ops? The spec ops yeah, mode? whatever the old like, yeah. Because if that's it's the all, case, it's on all there. It's Call of Duty's coming to all systems except for this one game mode is locked behind PlayStation exclusive for a year, and the games only are out there for a year until the next one comes out. Yeah, that's true. So the internet's on fire. That, that's well, I mean, Xbox does that all the time. And PlayStation the does it. Um, I really enjoyed Spec Ops mode, particularly in Modern Warfare 2. Didn't play it a whole lot in 3, but my goodness. I still have my copy of Modern Warfare 2 over there on the 360 because of the Spec Ops mode. If Lauren and I ever hooked up the 360, I want to go back to that. Yeah. Because they basically set you on this this singular mission, and you have one, two, or three stars level of difficulty, and it's typically like a wave of guys that you end up having to kill. But really fun inf- uh, missions where you have to like infiltrate these different buildings and save <laughs> civilians and whatnot. But I remember having a lot of fun with the Spec Ops mode. So I do feel bad for PC and Xbox fans if that is the case. Yeah, no, everyone 
it's just irritating. These system exclusives are getting old. Unless it, it's like Insomniac or Naughty Dog or literally um, like 343 with Halo. If it's a property that's specifically owned by that company, it makes sense. But just saying, hey, like I remember when Tomb Raider originally came out. Um, I don't know if it was the first one or maybe Rise of Tomb Raider. I think it was Rise. It was on Xbox only for a year before it came to PS4. Yeah. So, whatever. So, we go on here with the state of play. The, the creators of Katamari have a new game. Honestly, I missed watching this live, so I came home knowing full well that there was going to be Last of Us Part 2 gameplay, probably at the end, I, I kind of assumed. I was kind of just skipping around because I didn't really care about anything but that unless there was Kingdom Hearts DLC or something that was up my alley. Is that coming out soon? Is that out? Not yet. I think it's the winter. Maybe December. Okay. Are you so, going to play that? Yeah, I think so. That was convincing. Well, I, yeah. I'm going to play it. Whether I'm going to play it day one is questionable. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so the Katamari game looked all right. It looked very Katamari-like, as you would expect from this developer. Very colorful, um, Japanese and over the top. Arise is a game that I'm very interested in. Yeah. So let me read the blurb on this game. If you haven't watched State of Play, watch an Arise PS4 trailer, make sure you don't watch Tales of Arise because that Google search can be mixed pretty easily. Your adventure in Arise starts where many might end, a funeral pyre. You wake up in limbo where a mysterious light beckons you from atop a snowy mountain. Your trek towards it turns into a bittersweet journey through your life, where you relive the moments of happiness, but also have to face devastating tragedies all over again. If that's not extraordinary, extraordinary enough, you quickly realize you have the gift to bend time to your will. Mm. It's an absolutely beautiful game. It very much reminds me of Old Man's Journey. This is the igloo guy. Yep. Yeah. Reminds me of Old Man's Journey if you've played that on the PS4 or Journey, of course. Very, very artsy and just beautiful graphically. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Really good. Then they showed a handful of VR games. They said a, uh, a medieval demo was out as of that day. That, of course, is coming out October 25th, which is a complete remake of the PS1 game. Civilization 6 is coming to PS4, so you PC fans of this real-time strategy game can now play that in the palm of your hand. That's, I guess, exciting. Yeah. Death Stranding, more on that. There's a limited edition Death Stranding PS4 coming. Ryan already pre-ordered 7. Yeah, God, that game looks so great. I love ladders and walking around and babies and <laughs> death world. Yeah, exactly. And just nonsense. Carrying large packages on your back. At least you get to... In be, a hot way. At least you're Norman Reedus, Ryan. That is true. Yeah. After Party looks like this weirdo game about Satan. Cool. So, definitely After something to look party. forward to. And then, they uh, they announced that the, the PlayStation Plus games for the month of October would be MLB The Show 19, which I actually probably will download. I don't think I've played the show since, like, 2012 or something like that. What's on the, the show? What's that? What is the show? MLB, Major League Baseball. Oh, okay. The show. And then, of course... Oh. Last of Us Remastered. So that's coming to PlayStation Plus. It looked great. So we'll talk about the the demo that they showed or the trailer that they showed for Last of Us Part 2 in a second. This is a public service announcement to all of those people that have not played The Last of Us. Knowing Naughty Dog, you know that this game, like their hearts and souls, blood, sweat, and tears went into making this game. I can certainly vouch for that. I played the first hour or two on the PS3 way back in the day it did not see, sink its teeth into me. 
I was never sold on the game. Why people were saying it's the best game of all time, 10 out of 10, I didn't understand it either. And I think a lot of people feel that way, even though the opening moments are heart-wrenching. Yeah, it was rough. But I would implore all of you to give this game a second shot if you've not played it. Don't go in expecting Uncharted. It's much slower paced. There isn't a bunch of ammo all over the place. I mean, this is an, apo- an apocalyptic game, and it's 20 years into an apocalypse. So know that you're going to be scavenging for resources, slower pace. You can't just unlock, unload three clips on the people. And I don't think it is so much a game as it is something to be experienced. I know that's like very hyperbolic and over the top, but I think it really is more of a a cinematic experience than it is playing a game and you're it is it's about the relationships of the character not necessarily like the combat yeah and it it can be very frustrating because clickers and things like that can be very unpredictable in their movements and you can die very quickly i think there's a lot of trial and error in this game but if it's gonna dethrone kingdom hearts again that's been my favorite game of all time since I was the ripe age of 10 playing it for the first time all the way into my teenage years and even into my 20s. I'm now 26. <clears throat> and it was still, at the beginning of this year, my favorite game of all time, that being Kingdom yeah. Hearts. And then I played Last of Us. And in this game, you actually experience the four different seasons. So spring, summer, fall, and winter. And I will say, once you get to the winter season, I mean, you are on the edge of your seat. You will not want to put the controller down. Yeah, because that's the last like couple hours. It is, and some of the things that happen are just so mind-boggling, so emotional, and yeah, I cannot say enough good things about this game. Thankfully for me, I played Last of Us for the first time beginning to end earlier this year, and like I only a have a year to wait for Last of Us Part 2. People that played it originally on PS3 can't say the same, but the trailer <laughs> that played kind of showed more footage of where Ellie is at, there's clearly been a significant time jump between the first and second games because Ellie was more of like a teenager in the first game. Yeah. Here she seems to be in probably her 20s. Yeah, she was like, what, 10 or 13? Like I think there. she was probably 13, 14 yeah. in the last game. Pretty young. So in this game, she has a girlfriend and opens up with her girlfriend um, asking her, what did you think of our kiss last night? And in an original trailer that they showed a couple years ago, maybe at E3... Um, it was them, like, dancing, right? They were dancing, and then they kissed. So she's with this new group, Ellie, and and again, I don't want to talk just, too just much watch, because... Just watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer, but at the end of it... Um, just watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer. <laughs> well, it's tough to talk about it because if you haven't played the first game, I don't want to say things that would either deter you from playing it or while you're playing it have expectations in mind of the second one. Yeah, so p- first, before you watch the trailer, if you haven't played the first one, play the first one, mm-hmm. then watch the trailer. Yeah. It's great. And if you've played the first one, watch the trailer. At the end of the day, either play 12 hours of a game and watch the trailer, or just watch the trailer. Okay. Trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty, dogs, sports, sports, yeah. sports, sports, sports. Guns, meat, dogs, beer. <laughs> <laughs> But all of that to say, I'm over the moon excited about Last of Us Part 2. It goes without saying. I actually pre-ordered this special edition. Um, what do you get for that? You get a steelbook case, which looks really nice. Your own clicker. You get a couple of different avatars and things like that. Okay. You get a, a few different crafting things already added to your character in the beginning of the game. And then you also get a 48-page art book. Oh. So How much did that cost? It was 80 
Okay. Which is how much I paid for the Kingdom Hearts 3 Special Edition. Yeah. And honestly, with Special Editions nowadays, if I get a nice steel case, a little art book, and maybe a, a small soundtrack, even if it only has like six to eight songs on it, uh-huh. that's my ideal Special Edition. When you have this crazy stuff that they announced for The Last of Us, which I understand, there's a rabid fan base behind this game, but there's a collector's edition that's $400. Holy shit. And, uh, well, maybe that's the resale price on eBay. I think it is. Let me try and look this up, Ryan. You get the game, and that's it. $400. But it's like gold-plated. So this is being resold right now on eBay for $600. I think it was originally $230. It's sold out everywhere already. So The Last of Us Part Two Ellie Edition comes with a steelbook, including the full game, a 12-inch Ellie statue, 48-page mini art book from Dark Horse Comics, Ellie's backpack, Ellie's bracelet, logo patch, lithographic art print and thank you letter, 7-inch vinyl record, including music from the original soundtrack, set of 5 stickers, set of 6 enamel pins, and then the digital contents comes with a PS4 dynamic theme, set of 6 PSN avatars, digital soundtrack, digital mini art book from Dark Horse Comics, and a few other things. I was texting my buddy, because he's a huge Last of Us fan. Yeah. I'm like, you throw some crayons and a ruler in there, and I could go to first grade again. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, this is insane. Stickers, pins, A backpack? backpack. <laughs> it's insane. Bracelets? Like, well, I think we're so far removed from the collector's edition era. I think on the PS3 360, almost every game had a collector's edition. Yeah. And they were in these gargantuan boxes that... You see pictures of people's game rooms now, and... Some people still have them on their shelves, but most people just have closets stacked to the ceiling full of these giant boxes because at the end of the day, you have to look at these things and figure, do I really need a replica Ellie bracelet and a logo patch and a lithograph art print and thank you letter? What's that? I'll wear the bracelet and the Ellie's backpack with my laptop in it and, you know, I'll put that statue on my desk and uh, i'll chuck it at my enemies i suppose (laughs) it's just so excessive to me i I think the one i got was like halo 3 i got that collector's edition like the thicker box Mm -hmm. like a little plastic cover yeah that that's the only one i really ever got i think my favorite collector's edition that i still have most of them i gotten rid of um is the bioshock 2 collector's edition yeah it came in this relatively big box and because of that, it included not only the soundtrack to the game, um, maybe the first game, but it had a vinyl record soundtrack of the second game, okay. which is really neat. And then it had this really thick, well-bound, beautifully animated art book of the game as well. Nice. And I got that, I think, for like $30 on Amazon because it was originally retailing for like 100 But then these things, they over... Yeah, they overproduced. Overproduced by so much that retailers were just unloading these things one of them also that originally retailed for 150 was the lord of the rings war in the north collector's edition which literally had a freaking quiver with a map of middle earth tied to the arrow in the in the quiver pack that's pretty cool and then it had an art book and a soundtrack to the game and actually it was funny but i think it was just when laura and i got married i asked her because we were going through my dad's my room at my dad's house because that's like a shrine of all kinds of stuff that i need to go through at some point and get rid of a bunch of stuff I told her, I'm like, what do you think of this? I think this is probably something we should get rid of. And she's like, are you kidding me? We can like mantle, this can be like a mantelpiece over our fireplace someday. And I'm like, all right, I'll keep it. This is when he started dating. 
It's like this is just before we got married. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we were figuring out what we wanted to end up bringing into our apartment and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and of course, it's not over the the mantelpiece yeah, in our fireplace because we don't have that yet. On the second floor. Yeah, but. You're like, yeah, that's why I married you. We could mantle this Sora 40-foot figure. (laughs) (laughs) Have him stare at us at all times. Yes. All right. Exactly. Here's my replica, like, aluminum cast keyblade. I am so amazed, though, that I do have that first four figures Sora figure. Yeah. In his third form. What is it? I think his third form. This isn't even my final form. What they call it. Um, but it was one of those things where you submit your your email yeah. on a Twitter thing. Like they say, oh, retweet this and give us your email address here. And you might be the lucky uh, recipient of this crazy awesome figure. And then like a month later, I got an email from someone from Disney and was like, hi, Rusty. Wanted to let you know that you were one of three winners in the entire world that gets this Sora figure. And I'm like, <laughs> I had to like really read into it. I'm like, this has to be spam. Yeah. And lo and behold, they sent me the figure like a week later. That's pretty cool. And then I think I've told this in the podcast, but my buddy Ben, Ben Saturn, if he's listening he to this podcast, right. he got it as well. So two <laughs> out of the three people I know, one of them literally being myself. So crazy stuff. Yeah, it is crazy. It was a fun time to be a part of certainly the YouTube video game community because, and I'm speaking to like the collector's edition era because there were so many unboxings of these things. Yeah. Two of the most heavily done videos on YouTube were pickups videos basically showing what you bought for that week. Oh, okay. And then unboxings of like collector's editions. The worst of it though is when someone would literally order like a copy of I don't know, Fable 3 and they would just get the standard edition from Amazon and it would just be them opening a bubble mailer of the standard edition copy of Fable 3. Yeah, it sucks. And I did that. Oh, it's a disc. All right, next week guys, we <laughs> Yeah. That's basically how that worked out. But it was a fun time to be a part of the YouTube gaming community and even just collecting video games in general. Granted, a lot, I, w- I wasted a lot of money during that era, but yeah. it was good times. It was good times. So yeah, PlayStation State of Play, I think it's going to take some serious time and um, I guess just practice, if you will, as far as getting the, the flow of these things right. Um, I mean, Nintendo, I think, does it so perfectly. And I hope... I hope Sony, like I was just want, left wanting more selfishly. Uh-huh. I got what I really wanted, which was Last of Us Part 2 gameplay, which was all of two and a half minutes. That state of play was like 29 minutes. It literally could have just been that Last of Us gameplay. Pretty much. And that's, that's all I would have really needed. Um, but what's interesting and what I thought we were going to get is that um, Warner Brothers Montreal Studios, who I think developed Arkham Origins, yeah. which was the kind of offshoot Arkham Batman game aside from Asylum City and Night, I was thinking that we were going to get a new Batman game from them because they teased something on Twitter twice, two days after, or two days before the state of play. So everyone was thinking, okay, so we're going to get some Last of Us gameplay, a new Batman game, and whatever other things Sony wants to show us. And absolute silence. We have not seen anything more about that game. I don't think they've tweeted anymore. Um, Well, I know Batman's now in Fortnite. That's a thing. Oh, is he? Yeah. I don't. Did you see Spider-Man's back in the MCU? He is. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. That's another oh, Taco Brothers uh, uh, Hot Off the Presses news segment um, topic. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay, now I can watch the new Spider-Man. We knew that was inevitable, though. Yeah, they're going to... Yeah. I don't know if Disney budged. They probably should have. Another thing that I was just looking at, too, before Pretty we started bastards. recording was... 
I think I still have the article up. Maybe I don't. Let's go to this real quick, Ryan. Comingsoon.net. If you want a great news source for just random entertainment, whether it be movie, TV, or video games, great little site. They always have the hottest headlines. Deborah Chow to direct Obi-Wan Kenobi series for Disney+. Plus. Shooting is beginning next year, Ryan. Who's Deborah Chow? Let me tell you. Lucasfilm has announced that director Deborah Chow to helm the entirety of their Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series for Disney+. Plus. Chow's TV directing credits include the upcoming Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, with Jon Favreau. Okay. As well as Fear the Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, Mr. Robot, Iron oh. Fist, American Gods, and The Man in the High Castle. So. Have you ever saw, or have you ever saw, have you ever seen Mr. Robot? I seen did once. <laughs> <laughs> Me did watch it. I once watched did. It's, um, it's just like, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Watch it, I did. That was a good impression. Yeah, thanks. I have not seen Mr. Robot. It's an entertaining one. But Rami Malek and his diamond-cutting chin. I definitely yeah, want to check it out sometime. He's cool. Yeah. He's an interesting-looking character. He is. So, good stuff. I'm happy to... Uh, I'm excited that that's in development, and I'm also very happy for Tom Holland and him continuing to be in the MCU. Yeah, me too. We all knew it was in- inevitable. But, Ryan, we also got some stuff on the Instagrams. Again, this isn't a very packed episode. Ryan and I just wanted to hop on, record an episode for you guys. Hopefully, you find some entertainment and enjoyment out of it. And then next week, we're planning to wrap up the last 10 hypotheticals and some back-of-the-box trivia. Yes. Maybe we can prepare some for <clears throat> each of us. So, I'll prepare some for you. You can prepare some for me. Okay. As far as asking each other questions. Yeah. So, we kind of go back and forth, make a little uh, game out of it. If you want to write in to the podcast in general and ask us questions, submit an audio question. Logan and Chronolink91 Alec have done that before. You can submit those to otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. I highly encourage it. Chronolink was driving home from a concert late one night, and he literally just recorded himself exhausted, just rambling about nonsense. Yeah. If you want to do that, we're happy to take those and listen. It's all good stuff. Anything that makes the show better, and that certainly does. But I also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Instagram specifically, I post a query 24 hours before we record the podcast asking you guys to ask us a question. And uh, one person in particular, a coworker, her name's Caitlin, she, uh, she asked one, three, five, seven questions. That's a lot of questions. <clears throat> Logan, though, speaking of, speak of the devil, says, have you ever had Lee's chicken, Ryan? What is Lee's chicken? I don't know. Let's Google this. I've never heard of it, so clearly I've not had it. Lee Chicken. Lee's Chicken. Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken is a casual dining franchise founded in 1966, specializing in chicken, homestyle ideas, homestyle sides, and biscuits. No, I haven't. Hmm. Is it, <sighs> is it similar to Cane's? Uh. Except, oh, it looks like they have bone in. Hmm. Have I have not been to Lee's. Spicy chicken breast. Yeah, I have not either. So It looks like it's like... There's one. I assume like if you're asking, minutes. you're a big fan. Anyways, he goes on and says, Not a question. This is genuinely a highlight to my week. And I look forward to Mondays. Oh, thanks, bud. Appreciate that. Oh, about Lee's Chicken or a podcast? <laughs> Lee's Chicken. I was like, wow, that's an interesting routine. He goes on the next yeah, one. thanks, man. Stop recording. I hate it. Yeah, aw. No, but seriously, I do appreciate that, Logan. Uh, when we do get feedback, it's it's much appreciated. Lauren and I, Lauren and I, Ryan and I. Wow. Well, you're basically Lauren because you have a wifey mug right now. I do. I'm rocking the. Wifey. Lauren and I got these mugs for um, as a wedding gift, I think. And uh, Ryan's using it today, so 
What's up? It's fitting that I said Lauren and I. But no, Ryan and I really do appreciate the feedback we get. And uh, we do this for all of you fine folks that listen and hopefully get some inkling of entertainment out of it. So Caitlin writes in a whole bunch of stuff. Why don't you ever ask Caitlin on I hear she's a good gal, also it's me. (laughs) So she's getting at why don't you ever ask me to be on the podcast? And then she says, I hear she's a cool gal, also it's me. So she's actually hilarious. And uh, as far as sense of humors go, Ryan, I think you guys would be great together. Just saying. Okay. Anyways, let me make sure we're still recording. We are. Does she like Lee's chicken? <laughs> <laughs> let me shoot her a text. Okay. Will there be another Xbox soon? Actually, I sat down with Phil Spencer yesterday and we had some coffee. And it's actually launching next year, yeah, Caitlin. Like Christmas timing. November 25th, alongside Halo Infinite. And oh, is that the actual date? Coincidentally, it's actually going to be called the Xbox Infinity. So, look forward to that. Yeah, you heard it here. <laughs> we know. Mark my words. That's what they're going to call the next Xbox, though. Infinity? Xbox Infinity. What was the code name? Like Phoenix or something like that? Yeah, let's look this up, too. A lot of Google searches in this episode. Google's yeah. our friend. I know one of them was like Phoenix or Bird or like... Xbox. Xbox Phoenix. Next Xbox code name. Mm. Oh, Anaconda. Project Phoenix. Project Phoenix? Okay. Anaconda. Good stuff. My Anaconda don't want Sony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, calm down, Ryan. Okay. So she also goes on and says, Does Sean hate me? Who's so it's kinda like the three musketeers at work. We have Sean, good friend of mine. He and I did a did a uh business trip down in atlanta that's where the whole stripper story came out yes if you haven't listened to that go back to the episode title it's like adventures in atlanta or something like that so we became really close down there and then caitlin was my onboarding buddy when i started at the place i'm currently working at yeah so we're really close because of that so we always kind of torment one another we do sick and crazy jokes with with each other yesterday i cut off her leg and it was sick and crazy (laughs) basically yesterday before i left she was throwing things over his desk she was he was throwing things back at her and then it kind of stopped for a little bit, and she started cutting up little pieces of paper. And I, of course, packed up my backpack and or my computer in my bag, and I walk over, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, shh. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, Kaylin, you know he's going to one-up you. And she's like, don't even worry about it. So she crinkle, or cuts up tons of this blue paper and then puts it all in her hand. And of course, she re- is recording it on her phone and then just just blows it all over his desk and in his hair and he just like looks up at her just furious. <laughs> well, it was funny because my boss, who his name is Steve, his boss was like looking out the window. He looks over at us and like, Pat, you might want to come take a look at this. And so he comes over and walks around and looks at Sean and looks at Caitlin. Caitlin, of course, was helping Sean clean up the mess yeah. that she had made at his desk. And Caitlin said, Pat, Sean started this, and he was throwing things over my desk, and he knew, or he should have known, that I was going to finish this. Pat didn't say anything, looked at Sean, looked at Caitlin, looked back at Sean, and just said, dumbass. <laughs> and then just walked away. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty uh, epic. Yeah, my boss's boss would not respond that way. I, I work with a great team of people. Yeah. Caitlin asked another question. She said, how much does Scoob weigh? 
A lot. Like at least 30, 40 pounds now. So I took him to the vet about a month ago, and he weighed 26 pounds. I, he has to weigh every bit of 35 now. He's at least doubled in size. Yeah, he's humongous. I actually, if you follow me on, well, don't follow me on Facebook because I only accept invites from people that I actually know. If you follow, I actually made an Instagram account for Scooby. Yes, you did. I'm one of those basic white bitches. Yes, you are. And I'm following your dog. <laughs> <laughs> As all of you should. Uh, Scooby Lewis do with a underscore between each of those words. Check it out. I posted a picture on there from the first day that we adopted Scooby and then a picture I took the other night of him. And it's just night and day difference between his body. I mean, you literally saw every single one of his ribs in the first photo I took of him. Yeah. It was really frightening. I mean, looking back, I never thought he was that small, you know, in comparison to now. And I mean, he literally could have died. Yeah, no, when you brought him out, I was like, wow, he's a tiny, like, malnourished dog. He was so emaciated and, and malnourished, and I think he just wasn't taken well care of uh, in his previous home. And, and he stopped peeing every time he sees me, which is good. Yeah, he's getting a lot more comfortable with just people that, you know, visit, you know, that frequent, you know, Lauren and I's place, uh, you, her parents, my parents, and things like that. And I just think he's become, he has much more confidence in himself and, and trust that you're going to come back. And trust that we're going to, you know, not abandon him like his previous family. And taking care of him has been one of the greatest joys. I can only imagine. You know, it's funny because Laura and I have posted so many pictures of him on, yes. on social media. To the point where I think people like, unfollowed me on Instagram and stuff like that. I'm sure. Oh, and I don't even care. Like, this, this party, this train's not stopping anytime soon. But can you imagine when Laura and I have kids? Oh, gosh. I'll unfollow you. What's that? I'll unfollow you. Oh, you probably will. It's going to be... Redonculous. So just prepare, prepare yourselves. Prepare yourself. What else did she say? Who do you do a good impression of? Yoda. <laughs> I, I, I do a great impression of my boss. Do you? That's why she asked that. Okay. So, because uh, he's very animated when he speaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I, I can replicate that. Do pretty it well. No, it doesn't make sense to do it in the context of the podcast because one, this isn't a video show. The folks listening cannot see me. But um. We'll get there eventually. Quick pause. Yeah, quick pause in the Instagram questions. We'll get back to those, Caitlin. Don't even worry about it. Something I'm really considering and thinking about is in the very near term doing a video episode. Uh-huh. Now, I need to talk to audio engineer Jason Heine and potentially Pete Dorr as well because I think we have the technology and capability of running open broadcast software, OBS, capturing ourselves and doing a video podcast. I would love to do that. I would love to stream that through Twitch. That's, again, the end goal. Because not only would I want to capture ourselves, I'd want other people to watch us live, and then they can ask us questions real time. And I think just having a feed of chat as we're talking and having an ongoing dialogue with them would be really fun. Yeah. And terrifying. It'd be weird. It would take some adjustment. I mean, we suck at talking to begin with. I certainly do. Yeah. Doing it in front of a live audience would be much more intimidating. Yeah, you don't get to restart the episode when you screw it up every Oh, dude, episode. yeah, there would be no retakes. It would just be raw, live, and real, as we always are on Talker Brothers. That is true. But to the nth degree. Yeah. So I want to try and do that. If you guys would be interested in something like that, let me know. I mean, we'd, of course, try and do a time where, you know, keeping um, – or taking into consideration time zones, I don't think we have a, a ton of European listeners. We have my buddy Dean. Yeah. Steelers are uh, starting a rocky start with the to the zero and three season, but don't even worry about it, Dean. We're gonna crush the Bengals on Monday. 
But anyways, I want to take into consideration any European listeners or just anyone. Would you still upload the on the, the audio to the pod. Podbean? Yeah, so I would still do that. I would wonder, and this is a question that I have to ask for Jason, can I extract just the audio to still throw it on Podbean? And then I'd probably put the, the video episode on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I know in uh, Adobe Premiere you could do that. Okay. But that's... That's software I'd have to buy. Yeah, it's like a thousand bucks. And OBS is open source, so it's created by like-minded people. Yeah, and like so it's Linux. free. Yeah. So um, something to think about. If listeners would be interested, pop into the Discord. You know, shoot us a message on my Twitter account. Something like that. I'd really love to do that in the near future. So she says... Will Trump be impeached, Ryan? I want your honest, real opinion, no holding back. Um, what are your thoughts on President Donald Trump? Will he be impeached? It's not going to get through the Senate. This I don't... Unless something crazy comes out. I mean, he's... I doubt it. It'll get through the House pretty easily, but through the Senate, no. Okay, so follow-up question. Do you think he'll be reelected? Most likely, yeah. You think so? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a fan. I'm... I'm in the middle. Like it depends on the issue. I don't really give a shit about a candidate. Yeah, it's, it's more here's what I think on different issues. Um, I think he will be. Um, just his style, and if the truth doesn't really matter on most things, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, I doubt impeachment though. Yeah, I mean we haven't had a president fully impeached ever. Really? Yeah. Nixon left office. Clinton just chilled and stayed in office for his impeachment. Hold on a second. I want to verify this. Has a president? This is my. I feel like there has been two U.S. presidents have successfully been impeached. I knew there was. Yeah, but none of them. One left office front on his own regard, and one stayed in office. Oh, see, you paid attention to social studies. So Richard Nixon Nixon wasn't actually impeached. You're right. But Andrew Johnson was. Congress has only conducted two presidential impeachment trials, and both what about presidents. Clinton? Clinton was. They went through. Were acquitted and stayed in office. Hold on a second. The first was in 1868, involving President Andrew Johnson for firing a cabinet secretary without the content, consent of Congress. When Johnson was tried to force out Secretary of War Edwin M. Stanton in 1867 for conspiring with his political enemies, radical Republicans began moving for <coughs> impeachment. The first attempt failed. Um, in December of 1867, but on February 24th, 1868, they succeeded. See, I don't know what the repercussions of impeachment are. I mean, it's obviously not good, but like the full, I don't know, you don't have to necessarily leave office. So it lasted three weeks. Johnson never appeared. In the end, the Senate court came close to convicting him on three of the charges, but in each case, in each case fell one vote short of the required two-thirds majority. Yeah. And then it says dot, dot, dot at the end of this article, and so is Bill Clinton. Yeah. So. Ryan, I've said it once. I'll say it again. This is an educational program. I, you don't follow the news. I don't. Okay. I really don't. And I, and I should. That's on me. I actually just recently got Spotify Premium, and they have an NPR segment that I could listen to every day. I know you can listen to that on the radio. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of like. It's a commitment, like emotionally. I don't know. I still have to read through the whistleblower report. Yeah. It's all secondhand from the sound of it. And there's no way I was going to read through the Mueller report because it was like 400 pages. Um, 
But this one's short, so I can do that. Maybe that's a good idea for the podcast. Each We read through the Mueller report. Each episode we read 100 pages of the Mueller report. That sounds... I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't <laughs> show up for that one. <laughs> Scooby would be there. Yeah. Scooby would be there. He'd read in his dog language. So the next thing that she asked, Caitlin, is... Was Trump treated worse than JFK? And this comes... <laughs> or Lincoln. This comes as a result of a tweet that Trump set out that says... There has been no president in the history of our country who has been treated so badly as I have. And someone literally responded and said, JFK was literally shot in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Abraham Lincoln was fucking watching the Nutcracker and he got shot in the back of the head. Yeah, and uh, Teddy Roosevelt was shot and he still did his thing. Like during a speech, there's been a few presidents who have been shot and continued. Mm-hmm. What was it? He got shot during his speech and he's like, yeah bullet or like a, one bullet can't take down a bull moose and really? he kept on doing his speech that's yeah, awesome his party at for his second term was the bull moose party okay yeah very nice i don't know what a bull moose is i don't but either it seems cool i wasn't gonna question it i wasn't gonna question it so thanks for all those crazy questions caitlin chronolink91 alec i spoke about him earlier does not submit an audio question but he still came in strong on the instagram here did you guys seriously complain a couple weeks ago about golfing poorly when you only shot 15 or 20 above par because I would kill to shoot that. My goal is to shoot under 100 on 18, which is yet out of reach. (laughs) When did you boys start golfing? I didn't even realize you were till you mentioned it there. So I took a class at a local golfing place where they have go-karts, they have a nine-hole par three course, they have a putt-putt green, all that kind of stuff, or putt-putt course. I think I took lessons there when I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. And that's the extent of my actual training or lessons. The rest is I very, very haphazardly go out and play with my dad. Like, I'm lucky if I go out two times a year. We should play golf again. We should. I mean, before the fall season's yeah. in full swing. And uh, I actually saw Alec posted a great picture of him and his father. They recently um, played golf, nice. which is probably what spawned that question, I imagine. Um, I did the same thing. I had lessons with my friend Max back in like middle school mm-hmm. maybe and then i didn't i played in a golf league with dad and he carried the team your dad's amazing he's really good at golf mm-hmm. um cool he played it back in high school and i don't know maybe college um and then I, I i maybe once or twice a year i play okay that's the extent of my golfing i was actually if i wasn't on the friday trip i there was a supplier golf outing that i missed unfortunately oh, last week yeah well, we should definitely... Wasn't that the reason that we wanted to go golfing in the first place? So you could prep for that? Yeah. yeah. And then it was the girl that I went to Chicago with. She flew back and then went on that golf outing. And then I realized I had to deal with this other supplier. And I, I sent him a sad email like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I can't come. And he's like, oh, man, maybe next year. Yeah. So maybe I'll get good before next year. Well, maybe... Again, we're too late in the season now. We can probably go out... <clears throat> Maybe once, maybe two more times in this year. Yeah, It uh, was fun. But we should really try next year is once the season starts, we should try and do like a monthly reoccurring event on our Outlook calendars. Yeah. Because that's how Ryan and I communicate. If we have something planned, we suck at remembering things. Unless it's on our Outlook calendar, it's not happening. I mean, that's very adult. Like, if you have a concert, send me an Outlook invite. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out as like a work group, send me an Outlook invite. Yeah. Or else I'm not going to remember. Like... I don't have a old timey calendar. 
chilling. You don't have like a PDA thing that you... Um, no. PDA, that's like public display of affection. Yeah, I was going to say no. What are those like little palm, little palm pilot things? A Blackberry? No, there were like these little palm pilots. And I thought it was like an acronym that started with a P. No. You don't have one of those. No, I don't. Or like the calendar you hang up on the wall and you write stuff in. Oh, like the one that Lauren and I have over there that we haven't updated since July? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, I don't know. Outlook. Because we're in email so often, you mm-hmm. just click over a tab and you have your entire schedule. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. We've got one more question here, Ryan, uh, from my friend Brian from work. And he's actually played through The Last of Us probably 30 to 40 times. Oh, shit. He's played it on it the hardest difficulty. It's basically second nature for him. When he walks into an area, he literally knows the paths of each of the enemies so that he can either avoid them or kill them very tactfully. That's insane. All of that to say, his question is, favorite video game character of all time? Oh, gosh. And I think I know mine. I'm guessing Sora? No, I don't really think there's a whole lot of <laughs> depth, like the likable things about Sora. Uh, I, I mean, I like the the universe that he's a part of in the game that he's the protagonist of, but not a whole lot of not a whole lot going on for him. I think I would definitely say the other game that I'd consider my favorite game of all time, that being Last of Us, is Joel. Uh, yeah, because he's he's experienced so much loss and he still finds some way to have hope in a very hopeless world. And the lengths that he was willing to go for Ellie um, in the original game, and I won't go into specific details, but if you've played the game, I don't need to explain to you. You know exactly the lengths he was willing and did go for her. And what I'm so excited to see and experience in the second game is the lengths Ellie is willing to go. Yeah, And I'll kind of leave that to rest because, again, I don't want to spoil too much story-wise. But Joel has just experienced so much loss, more than I or any other human would ever hope to see in their life. Um, yeah. Just people that he's lost, of course, the world that they live in. Um, I mean, it seems like everyone close to him, it's like he's a, what do they say, like the black thumb, everything you touch dies. Yeah, it, It's kind of like that for him. I mean, some of his closest family, friends end up dying whether as a result of this apocalypse or before that yeah and again just the lengths he goes for ellie is just so so good so that's i, lo- a, I love that's that a really good one um i really like the progression of kratos yeah i don't know if he's my favorite i can't really think of anything like i mean that's joel is a really good example but kratos is he's gone from like he is a horrifying backstory mm-hmm. like I think in the first one he ends up like getting powers from the God of War and then the God of War manipulates him to kill a village and he ends up killing his family. And then the reason he's white is because he was then cursed to wear the ashes of his dead family on him as like a memorabilia that he is this like ghost of Sparta that Mm -hmm. he killed his family. And like it's a constant reminder and then he goes through seeking revengeance or revengeance, vengeance, vengeance um, or retribution is I combine those two words. Um, and then you get to God of War four after all of the events of three and he was successful in getting that revenge. 
and he's gone to a new world and tried to forget the past and has a new family and then the growth of him with his son and like trying to cope with the his past self and kind of hide it from his son and then that growth of that relationship very similar to Joel and Ellie. Yeah, no, and that's why I'm so excited to see the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, I think is his son's yeah. name. Because I think it is those father, Atreus. <laughs> th- those father figure roles that have such a profound impact on the player. Yeah, and certainly with God of War being such an emotional story, and definitely The Last of Us being such an emotional sto- and moving story, it makes sense that those are your favorite characters. I mean, and you kind of almost have to classify favorite. Like, do you mean most badass? Because then I would say maybe like Cloud or something like that. Yeah. that has this crazy awesome giant sword, or the blunderbuss, or what is it? The- Buster Blade. Right? Is that what it's called? I'm trying to look up at the shelf there. Like, Geralt from The Witcher, he just looks freaking awesome. Um, what else is over there? Future Furry. Yeah, cool character. Dash Rendar. You know, he's my favorite Dash character. Dash Rendar. Oh, hell yeah. Have you ever played Star Wars? Um, I feel like you've mentioned this. Shadows like, of the Empire. One of the earliest episodes. And I couldn't I freaking think of his name, but That's I was talking was. to Nolan er- earlier this week. Big shout out to Nolan again. He records the Young Nostalgia podcast. You can find him on, I believe, Stitcher. Just search Young Nostalgia. Dash Rendar. Yeah, you've definitely mentioned him before. He's kind of a Han Solo wannabe. Yeah, except cooler. Exactly. He's got brooding muscles. He does. And spray on tan. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, so Dash Rendar was the lead protagonist in... Um, Shadows of the Empire on the N64. Big shout out to the N64. My boy turned 16 years old. I think it was a couple days ago. Wow. Wow. No, not 16. It has to be older than that. older than that. 25. When did the... That's what the 64th episode is going to be. It's a rendition because it's like 25 or old. 1996. It would be 23 years old. 23. Yeah. 16. I was like early 2000s. Yeah, no, that wouldn't make any sense. That's probably like the PS2's... Game Boy Color was 95 or something around there. And the Atari 2600 was 1883. And then. And the steam engine was the late 1800s. <laughs> and the first planes, early 19, like 1913. And the first tank, 1915. And teleportation, at least four years from now. Tune in next week to find out when. <laughs> A uh, full for- timeline of all inventions ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticks and stones and breaking of bones with spears probably at least 100,000 years old alright this is that time of the episode where I have to end it because Ryan's (laughs) just talking like nonsense that's true so we want to thank all of you guys for listening and gals to be abundantly clear yes gender inclusion we accept all that listen to this podcast including like lizard men yes (laughs) President Bush lizard people George Bush what's up W hope you're uh, doing well uh, enjoying retirement, whatever the hell you're yeah, doing he's, now. Yeah, he's been painting. He released a book where he um, he picked up painting in his spare time, mm-hmm. and he painted um, like soldiers, and all the proceeds are going to like support like fallen soldiers or oh. like injured soldiers. That's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, thanks for being a lizard and supporting the troops. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, George W. Yeah, but Too we also appreciate all of you listeners. Uh, He's asleep. Scooby's having bad dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little guy. You want to go oh. nudge him so he's not freaking out? Oh, are you, are you okay? 
<laughs> well, I'm glad Scooby got a nice little uh, special entrance into the podcast at the tail end here. Again, we want to thank all of you fine folks for listening to this show. If you have any uh, suggestions, uh, topics, questions, whatever it is, throw it at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Again, drop into the Discord as well. Get in on that discussion. Ryan, any parting words? Uh, get a dog and have it uh, live with you and then train it to be like a Growlithe and chew fire. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Words of wisdom for Ryan. Thank you so much for Dude, listening. We'll yeah. see you next week.